Thanks to Slack for supporting The Motley Fool. Slack is a messaging app that brings together all your team's communications in one place, making work simpler and more productive. Go to slack.com to learn more. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Tuesday, November 28th, and I'm your host, Vincent Shen. Fools, I hope you enjoyed your holiday, some time with family and friends, or did some shopping responsibly during the weekend. We'll share some of the initial data and trends from Black Friday before turning our attention to department stores. And joining me via Skype from Sacramento, California, I'm excited to welcome SeniorFool.com contributor Adam Levine Weinberg to the show. Hey, Adam, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show today. Sure, it's been too long since I've had you on the uh, Consumer Goods edition of Industry Focus. How are you liking life on the West Coast, though? Uh, it's been very nice. Yeah, I just uh, moved out here a little less than two months ago sure. and uh, settling in pretty well. Nice, nice. Um, I'm glad the moves have been treating you well. Uh, are you ready to talk about Black Friday? Um, so, yeah, let's, let's dive in. Did you do any shopping? Um, we. Uh, uh, well, I uh, I did a little bit of research on Black Friday, um, not so much actual shopping, but I did buy a couple of couple of things. All right. Well, so we'll get to some of your firsthand experience uh, braving the crowds, but before we do that, I wanted to make a quick announcement. It's Giving Tuesday, and in the spirit of the season, the Molly Fool is proud to announce our holiday partnership with All Hands and Hearts Smart Response. All Hands and Hearts deploys compassionate, skilled, and unskilled volunteers in areas of disaster to rebuild homes, schools, and community infrastructure. Visit give.fool.com to learn more about All Hands and Hearts and make a donation. That's give.fool.com. 200 million people are affected by disaster each year. Your donation can make a world of difference. Now, the results that we have to share with you today regarding Black Friday weekend activity, these are initial figures and estimates. Many of them will differ depending on the source and the methodology of their surveys. But the important thing to take note of is how spending changed uh, directionally year over year. So, on last week's episode, Dan and I noted that Black Friday should technically be losing its significance a bit um, in terms of its share of holiday spending as retailers spread out their marketing and promotion a full week before Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday and afterwards. But the numbers don't necessarily bear that out. Adam, can you give us some of the high-level results you're able to find so far in terms of weekend activity? Yeah, so the the growth numbers are actually surprisingly consistent across the board. Um, So Adobe Analytics is one uh, company that's been providing a lot of great data on uh, trends, particularly for online spending. And they found a pretty steady 17% across the board increase. So for Black Friday itself, sales reached a little over $5 billion, and that was up 17% year over year. For the combined Thanksgiving and Black Friday two-day period, sales were up uh, 18%, and that was to $7.9 billion. Uh, Looking at the month of November as a whole, again, up 17% uh, up until yesterday, that would be Cyber Monday, and that was to about $50 billion over that 27-day period. So you've seen a really pretty consistent trend uh, in terms of online revenue growth across this whole past month of about 17%, and obviously it does vary a bit day-to-day, um, but it seems like the trends are pretty consistent. And then the early re- data that we have on Cyber Monday revenue uh, also comes in at 17% <laughs> increase year over year. So it's really uh, pretty surprising just how little the, the sort of trends from day to day have changed between this year and last year. So, so the overall big ahead. takeaway then being, you know, uh, 
consistent growth, especially among those online channels. And specifically to online, uh, mobile did prove to steal the show a bit this year, according to another source uh, I found on Shopify. So for orders made on its platform, they said over 65% were mobile, with the rest from desktop. And that was an approximately 7 percentage point swing from last year. And overall, we have less data available that's inclusive of sales performance in stores. Um, that'll take a little bit more time for these various uh, research firms and companies to aggregate. But each year, uh, investors do look to the results from the Black Friday weekend as an indication of how the brick-and-mortar retailers are performing and what their outlook might be for the rest of the holiday season. So The results I found pointed to surprisingly robust traffic at physical stores. ShopperTrack had preliminary data indicating foot traffic fell just 1% year-over-year on Black Friday itself, and slightly more than that with a 1.6% decline for the combined Thanksgiving and Black Friday periods. Given some of the pushback that we've seen from consumers and retailers, too, to opening stores on Thanksgiving Day, I think the greater drop for that two-day period overall makes sense. And Adam, those are some of the big picture numbers and takeaways. But since we're on the topic of brick and mortar, I'd like to get updates from you from the major department stores. Because the last time we covered it on the show, the big trends included ongoing store closures, weak traffic, um, some new investments in omnichannel and kind of their discount or off-price initiatives. How are the department stores responding to the early Black Friday numbers and results? Yeah, so... Generally speaking, department stores have seen a little bit of an uptick uh, in the past month or month and a half, um, which is really good because third quarter the numbers were on the sort of mediocre to, to bad scale. So on the mediocre side, you had somebody like Kohl's. Kohl's had comp sales up 0.1%, which was pretty good um, given the headwinds that they were facing during the third quarter. But obviously, you want to have your comp sales up more than a fraction of a percent. Meanwhile, at somebody like Macy's, uh, that's a company that's posted comp sales declines for now 11 straight quarters, so nearly three years. Um, however, all of these companies have said that comp sales have been much better starting around the second half of October. And a big part of that is that companies that have a big presence in the, the northern part of the country, in the northeast, have been really benefiting from colder weather, which uh, didn't really kick in until the second half of October, and then it got even colder in November. And that's what drives really great sales for coats, scarves, boots, um, and other cold weather items, sweaters. Um, so looking at Black Friday in particular, uh, several of the CEOs, fortunately, gave some, some data uh, about how they were doing uh, on Black Friday. So Cole CEO Kevin Mansell said that the sales for Thanksgiving and Black Friday were significantly better than uh, what the company saw last year, both in-store and online. And again, the cold weather apparel helped a lot. They also are doing very well in activewear from Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. And uh, that was a bit of a surprise, not that, that these are better categories within apparel, but apparel as a whole has just been a big weak spot. Mm -hmm. And traditionally for Black Friday, you see a lot more sales of the big ticket items, things like electronics, uh, uh, kitchen and home appliances. Uh, and so that's where Kohl's was expecting to see the best results, but it actually did pretty well in apparel as well. And uh, the last thing that the Kohl's management noted was that they opened a year early, an hour earlier this year compared to last year, so 5 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving, and that seemed to help them. Yeah, uh, I'll add that uh, Kohl's um, 
it seems like they're seeing some of their investments from the past year pay off. Um, they have their new shopping yes. app. They have a lot more omni-channel initiatives. For example, they're shipping more from their stores. Um, they saw uh, the company noted that it saw record traffic to its website during the holiday, and then uh, some other initiatives like buy online, pick up in store also enjoyed significant growth, up forty percent year over year. And then for those winning products that you mentioned. Um, in addition to the cold weather apparel that we're seeing across the industry, Mansell also mentioned um, some of the best sellers at the store with specific electronics like the Apple Watch and Fitbit devices, um, and then some of those apparel categories in terms of the activewear that you mentioned. Um, but let's move on. How about Macy's? What is management saying there? So, um Macy's CFO, Je- uh, CEO, excuse me, Jeff Jeanette, uh, was on CNBC pretty early on Black Friday, uh, and he sounded really positive about how the company was doing. Uh, he noted that um, the traffic in the Herald Square flagship store in Manhattan was up significantly when they opened, also an hour earlier on Thanksgiving Day, so 5 p.m. Uh, generally across the chain, they are expecting sales to be up. They're doing very well in the Northeast and the, the northern part of the country, again, because of this strong demand for cold weather gear. And uh, later during the week weekend, they said that they expect to uh, to break a million uh, sales of cold weather items over the Thanksgiving to Cyber Monday weekend. Now, the one uh, issue there is that uh, on Black Friday itself, Macy's ran into a, a slowdown with its payment system for credit cards and gift cards. Uh, it seemed to be a capacity issue, just too many people trying to buy too much stuff at once, and the whole system, it didn't entirely crash, uh, but some people couldn't complete their tr- transactions, and the processing of other transactions just slowed down dramatically, and so you had these really long lines in stores to the point where some people just walked out rather than waiting. So that obviously wasn't good. Um, the one saving grace was that this didn't start until about noon Eastern time, uh, and it was for about six hours. So, it was definitely during a a decent chunk of Black Friday, but a lot of the big spending happens um, both on Thanksgiving Day now and then in the overnight hours and early morning. So, I think that Macy's probably was able to get most of the sales that they would have otherwise gotten, but they probably did leave some money on the table through that glitch that they had. Yeah, I think the big thing to keep in mind here is in terms of that store activity um, and the traffic that they're seeing um, at certain uh, stores like the Herald Square location being higher than uh, what they've seen in the past, that being an encouraging uh, development, um, the products that are seeing strong demand that that colder weather apparel that we keep talking about, winter uh, winter gear that includes uh, coats, sweaters, boots, sweaters, those things do tend to be higher margin items. And then if you add on to that the fact that you know after months and months of a lot of discounting, I think, from the department stores to remain competitive, the industry seems to be hitting its stride a little bit more with in-store experiences, things like pop-up shops and other initiatives that can bolster traffic without uh, relying on that really steep discounting that cuts into their profits. And so, with Macy's, for example, they have their new loyalty program, they have Macy's Backstage, they have their greater integration of their in-store and digital shopping experiences. So, the company currently has close to 50 Backstage concepts open within its larger department stores. Initial results there have been encouraging. And following the trend 
uh, that we've seen with other retailers and that we've discussed in the show, things like buy online, pick up in store, has also been uh, very positive as the co- um, as the company improves its navigation and information on inventory from its website. So, for example, when a customer goes to pick up their item, they'll often end up purchasing something else while they're at the store, and Macy's, as a result, enjoys a 25% lift as a result of that. And what that all adds up to, according to the CFO, is comps in the fourth quarter holiday season should increase 100 to 150 basis points from the third quarter. And they have some momentum from the store closures in 2016 as stores will uh, pick up a portion of the sales from the closed locations, improving comps at the at the stores that are still in operation. And uh, otherwise, uh, we still have some big department stores we have yet to cover. Uh, for example, Sears and Nordstrom. Any news or updates from them? Yeah, so so both of those companies tend to be pretty tight-lipped about their results during the quarter. Uh, so we haven't heard anything from Sears or from Nordstrom. Uh, Sears is scheduled to release its quarterly earnings report later this week, so it's possible that they will say something about how they did uh, during November, especially if they did well. Um, but that's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. They don't take any questions from analysts, so uh, it's harder for uh, for people to push and find out uh, more information from them. Sure. Um, the last that we could talk about is just sort of Amazon, uh, which is obviously yep. the elephant in the room. And uh, Amazon also didn't provide that much information about their uh, their Black Friday, Cyber Monday performance this year. They did say that orders through their mobile app were up more than 50% on Thanksgiving Day. And Amazon also put out a press release on uh, Cyber Monday or after Cyber Monday saying that uh, it was a record for Amazon device sales. So Alexa-enabled devices, uh Kindle and Kindle Fire devices, uh, all those things did very well for them, but they didn't say how they did on a you know, more general merchandise level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pre- I saw a press release. I think it was put out earlier today from Amazon. They said their best-selling device over the weekend, as you mentioned, those Alexa-enabled devices, specifically the Echo Dot, which sold very well both online and at its Whole Foods stores. I thought that was an interesting uh, development. And this is, uh, I think, overall another year where Amazon is taking over a lot of the e-commerce growth and market share. And some analysts estimate the company claimed more than half of all digital uh, purchases on Black Friday. So, pretty incredible. Next up, we will get a uh, uh, some insight into your own personal experience when you went to the malls in your area, and then we'll also close out with some things that investors should look for in the rest of this holiday shopping season. Thanks to Slack for supporting The Motley Fool and Industry Focus. Slack is a messaging app that brings all your team's communication together, giving everyone a shared workspace where conversations are organized and accessible. If you've ever wanted to pull out your hair searching through your emails for that one follow-up item, or had to look through five different systems and programs to find what you need, then you'll appreciate what Slack can do to save you time and improve your productivity. We're big fans of Slack here at The Molly Fool, and among the industry-focused team, we use the app constantly to organize team meetings, prep for each show, or share updates and listener reviews. What I appreciate the most is how Slack connects all the tools and services I often use in one place, and then it complements them with real-time messaging, searchable archives, and group file sharing, which works with all the apps you might already use, including Salesforce, Zendesk, and Google Drive. You can tailor Slack to your own work with more than 1,000 apps, and with mobile apps for iOS and Android that sync seamlessly, you can pick up where you left off anywhere you go. To find out more about Slack, where work happens, go to slack.com. That's S-L-A-C-K dot com. Now, we have the management comments and initial data points that we've discussed so far, but Adam, um, I want you to share some of your takeaways from your own experience venturing out on Black Friday. Uh, what jumped out to you the most? So I, uh, I what, the 
from a big picture level, what I saw confirmed what we already sort of knew, which is that there's a really big difference between uh, good malls, bad malls, and great malls. Um, and so that's sort of what I experienced uh, visiting some of the malls in the Sacramento area over the, the Black Friday uh, mm-hmm. day because I started out at Arden Fair Mall, which is the closest mall to downtown Sacramento. And it's a, a very good, uh, very well-performing mall. Um, it's mostly full, mostly as national brands, has a lot of the sort of top brands that people want to, to shop for. Um, it doesn't have a lot of the super luxury items, though. And so if you go there on a typical weekend, it's actually quite busy, um, but it generally caters to a sort of moderate income clientele. Mm-hmm. So on Black Friday, when I went there, I was able to park uh, without any trouble, but I was uh, still a fair walk away from the, the entrance, and I parked deliberately on the sear side because I was uh, strategically guessing that would be the least busy. <laughs> um, sure. Um, and and I actually discovered that the Sears at that mall it was quite busy, um, which was somewhat of a surprise. Um, but in many of the uh, departments, there were a lot of people there. Um, I then went after the trip to Arden Fair Mall to Sunrise Mall, which is the opposite end of the spectrum. This is a struggling mall that's in a pretty good location, but has just uh, lost a lot of its tenants. Um, it's not doesn't have very good highway access, um, so it's a little more out of the way. And uh, as a result, you drive in, you can park very close, even on Black Friday. Uh, in the big anchors, there were a fair number of shoppers, but not nearly as many as you could see at Arden Fair. And when you walked through the interior of the mall, it was kind of depressing. There just weren't that many people there. Uh, a lot of empty storefronts, you know, places that the new trick is you, you put a wall in with a vending machine instead of having a store uh, just to make it look less empty. Mm-hmm. But even so, there were lots of, of um, storefronts where there clearly were things. The food court only had two-thirds of the stalls filled. So it was pretty clear that this mall is on the rocks right now. Sure. Uh, and so after that, I went to uh, Westfield Gallery at Roseville, which is by far the best mall in this region uh, the sales per square foot are about 25 to 30% ahead of even Arden Fair, which, as I said, is a pretty good mall. And this is where all of the top luxury brands go in the Sacramento area. And I drove around the parking lot there for 15 or 20 minutes um, around 1 o'clock in the afternoon and could not find a parking space. And so I eventually bailed out. But what you can tell from that is the mall, you know, the malls that are not doing well, like the Sunrise Mall that I mentioned earlier, those malls may be dead or dying. But the best malls in the country are still hopping. Uh, there are lots of people out on a day like Black Friday to the point where they probably were losing traffic. Uh, people like me who just found it too difficult to get in. It was that busy um, because it was just it was that busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that, that seems to be something that we've touched on in the past with the malls that uh, service a. Uh, wealthier, kind of more premium clientele or and, and market, those have tended to uh, hold up much better than the uh, than the malls on the lower end in terms of the price spectrum. But wrapping up here, Adam, if we follow the new uh, timeline with the holiday shopping season, so essentially stretching from November 1st through the end of the year, we're about four weeks now uh, into the period with another five weeks or so to go. What do you think fools should be following and watching in the final stretch of 2017? Yeah, so I would say that the first uh, half of the holiday shopping season has been really great for retailers. Um, 
But that's not a guarantee that uh, by the end of the shopping season, it's going to still be really great. So what we've seen uh, last year, for instance, Kohl's uh, mentioned that they did really well over Black Friday weekend, really well in the week leading up to Christmas. But that in-between period in the first three weeks or so of uh, December, they just had a big sales decline year over year. Um, so they just had more of a uh, limited shopping season with very you know peaky demand during the biggest uh, biggest shopping periods of this um, one month period, and so as a result, they ended up with a two percent comp sales decline. So what we want to be looking for is can retailers find ways to maintain the momentum and keep people in their coming back into their stores uh, during the first weekend of December, the second weekend of December, the third weekend of December. Because um, we know that when we get out to um, you know the last few days before Christmas, there's going to be a surge, but it's really sort of maintaining the momentum in between. Yeah, and I think a lot of that's going to be driven by how these companies approach, uh, for example, some of those online digital initiatives, some of the things that will bring people in store, like uh, shop online, pick up in store, things like that will help maintain traffic during the lulls and away from those peak periods that you mentioned. Yeah, another thing that you're seeing is uh, offers that expire, um, where where you have to come in sometime in the mid, you know early to middle of December. So people who who shopped at Kohl's this past weekend uh, may have been able to earn Kohl's cash, which they can can use, but mm-hmm. they're going to have to use it in the first half of December. So that may be able to drive repeat traffic. Um, similarly, you're seeing Macy's uh, offering Macy's money for certain purchases if you buy something online and uh, agree to have it shipped later then you can get this Macy's money, which you can use in store. So th- there's a variety of ways that they can try to uh, to shape consumer behavior. But whether those are actually successful, um, we still have to see. Um, another big question is just whether the favorability of the holiday calendar will help. So some years, there's four um, Saturdays between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and some years, there are five. Historically, when there have been five Saturdays, which includes this year, that's been very good for retailers just because Saturday is the biggest shopping day of the week. Um, but again, this depends on how big of a lull there is in between this this past weekend and the uh, the weekend weekend or at least the week leading up to Christmas. Um, another big question is how big the Super Saturday will be. So um, Saturday, December twenty third, it's the last uh, Saturday before Christmas, and that's historically a really big shopping day, even bigger than Black Friday. Uh, and it's particularly good for the physical retailers this year because, um, the for the most part, there aren't going to be deliveries on December 24th because it's it's both a Sunday and Christmas Eve. So if you haven't if you're missing something and you need to get a gift, uh, that day is going to be really your last day to go get it, and you're going to have to buy it in a store from something that they have right there. Um, so that's a potentially a really big sales driver mm-hmm. uh, and could allow some of these retailers to close the holiday shopping season with quite a bit of momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say those are the main things. The last thing I would add is weather. Um, you know, If the weather cooperates um, and it stays cold but not really snowy, then that would be great. However, if you have a big snowstorm that gets lots of people stuck inside over one of these big shopping weekends, that's obviously going to help out somebody like Amazon.com um, because people are going to want to order from their homes rather than going out to the stores. 
Yep. We've heard a few CEOs already speak to how the cold weather is helping them in terms of those apparel categories and the benefits that can have on their bottom line. Um, and Otherwise, we'll, we'll keep an eye out and uh, have to update uh, listeners once the quarter is in and we have the results from the big players here. But Adam, that's all the time we have today. Thanks uh, for joining us. It's great having you back on the show. Thank you very much. All right. And thanks, fools, for listening. And a shout out to our producer, Ann, for making us sound better than we should. People in the program may own companies discussed in the show. And the Molly Fool may have formal recommendations for or against any stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based only on what you hear during the program. Hold on. Hold on.